It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. Uh, you are with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. We are about to have our Bible study time. 20 million movement, 20 million people all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Before we do that, we have another question for our quiz, followed by your text messages looking at what you had to say in the first half of the show. So this is a quote. This is a verse, and we want the last two words. I'm going to read it in two different versions to give you the opportunity to win in both, because we're going to have, you know, we know people are on different scales of different sides of the different biblical versions. I'm going to read it in KJV and NIV. It starts off here in KJV. It says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him blank blank. And then in the NIV, it says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or blank blank. So let me, let me read that over so can, one more so, time. So you can have it from the NIV or the KJV. That's right. Or any, okay, but so we're just... Specify your translation. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. So that we can check and make sure you get it right. Because because ultimately, the, the, the difference between the NIV and the KJV is pretty wide. We'd prefer it in KJV because it's so much cooler. Yes. Like, these, these two yes. words are so much cooler in the KJV. They are. If... If That's a massive hint come, because Lawson is telling you this. Yeah, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him blank blank. That's and KJV. remember, Lawson likes the KJV on this one. Yeah. Hey, I like, I, ring the, I, I read the New King James. Yeah, but, like, See, I, I'm trying to get my hint, right? I'm kind of trying to get my hint. <laughs> trying to help them out here. But I, we have this, we have this NLT in the studio that I read, and Lyle's always like, "Your Bible's trash." I'm like, "It's not my Bible. It's, <laughs> it's your Bible." <laughs> There's our paraphrase. Okay, uh, and and again in the NIV, if anyone comes unto you and does not. Uh, bring this teaching. Do not take them into your house or blank blank. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win the Bible that we are giving away. It is KJV. It's big and expensive and leather, and we'll give it to you absolutely for free, and provided that you answer questions correctly and win it from the draw. We'll give it to you for free and you can either use it for yourself because you need a Bible and we think everyone needs the Bible or, you know, you can gift it or yeah. just you can do anything with it. But we would love to give you it. Please don't burn it or step on it. Like that's our probably our one requirement. Don't do either of those things to the Bible. Read it. It will change your life and be a blessing to you. Okay, let's go to text messages, and we've got a whole slew of them this morning, so great to hear from you guys. We love hearing from our listeners. I've mm. uh, got a bunch of the, the first one here is from Rachel, talks about music, depends what kind of music, depends what music I used to learn my essays off by heart, like lyrics. Mm-hmm. So when I hear the tune, I'd be able to recite it. If the music has lyrics, I can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. If I have classical music, it works. Mm-hmm. So that's what Rachel says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen says, my husband says I cook slower listening to a podcast. Yep. Uh, so she's in the same category as you there, Lawson. <laughs> then Sherry says, I have faith. F- oh, yes, go Sherry. I already know she's going to get five. message of the day right here. I have faith <laughs> FM on vast 688, which I turn on every morning, plays in the background while I study, while I study the word or do housework. Mm. Love it. Praise God. Dude, on vast as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout uh-huh, out. Uh-huh. Dude, that's amazing. 
Um, and then we have, okay, while we're talking about music, we have a few more on music. Let me just go over here because I had some other music ones in this section. There was a time when I needed to have total concentration while doing things. Nowadays, I just do uh, I do just about everything while listening to a podcast or the Bible. Mm. While I'm listening to Faith FM and listen to you guys, I text, mm-hmm. do my Sabbath school lesson, read my Bible, and then read from the 22 books which I am reading from at the moment. The 22 Anything books. Anything is possible. I never <laughs> thought I could be able to do so. I think this person is retired. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two books. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. When I retire, this is uh, life goals right here. Mm. Uh, then we go over here. Oh, I got a text message that came through as well. Uh, person texted me and they said that they can't listen to anything familiar. So Shell was saying it needs to be familiar. Oh, so that she, you know, she's not learning something new. This person says if it's familiar, I just want to sing along or like tap my toe or whatever. Like I could just get sucked in. So it needs to be like something like if I'm reading or studying, it needs to be something lo-fi or casual that I can just get into. But if it's got lyrics, if it's familiar, can't do it. Okay, so Alan sent us through a sample of his music. Uh-huh. So we can actually listen to his study music. Uh-huh. And so I had a listen. It was on YouTube. Uh-huh. Um, it's study music, Alpha Waves. <laughs> and how could I best describe it? I could best describe it as the kind of music that they play when you go somewhere to get a massage. You know, they dim the lights, have, yeah. the, have the incense in the corner, the music playing in the background, and you're just like on the table. Yeah, so essentially there's there's absolutely no rhythm or percussion. It's just long chords, just just long triads, like like triad chords. So not we even were talking any, about triads earlier. Yeah, yeah, but not, not those, those kind of, of triads. Okay. No, long triad chords, so no dissonance, so no sevenths or ninths or thirteenths or whatever it may be, okay. uh, but just long harmonious chords. Okay. Uh, it goes on, um, God used to get me through my criminology degree while Amy took care of our three children mm. in the background. I couldn't study the music with words. Mm-hmm. The other I used was Disney Instrumental from YouTube as well, but would find <laughs> myself starting to break out into song, stop using it. God bless Faith FM and all the new Christians it brings to God. Praise God. Um, and then we have some text messages about the story we did on gambling. Mm. Braden says, but think of the taxes, guys. But seriously, that is all that matters to government. They mm. don't particularly care about the people. Um also makes sense when you see them flying the logo of other criminals, for example, the CFMEU, good old union criminals. And, yeah, the, I mean, when you talk about organised crime, um, unions and casinos kind of sort of somehow or other Just end up in, in that, that same in that, conversation. In that bucket, yep. <laughs> and this is the thing that's going through my mind is, okay, did they not know this? Of course they did. Of course they knew this. They knew who they were getting in bed with. New South Wales kicked these guys out very grudgingly a few years back. Mm. Uh the United States and Canada have kicked these guys out. These guys have long, long, long rap sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the Queensland government not, government not know this? They, were they claiming they knew nothing about it? And this is a revelation. This is very concerning. And if we'd have known this before it happened, we wouldn't have gone down this path. Well, you've gone down this path. What are you going to do now? Mm. Are you going to t- kick these Chinese tri- triads out of Queensland or are you going to leave them there? You're mm. the government. Do something about mm. this. And if uh, you need to pass legislation to do so... You're the government. And I love how you brought up New South Wales as well because it was like it was a situation in which New South Wales had egg on their face because they were 
colluding with these people. That's right. So it's and caught red-handed doing so. <laughs> And that's because we're addicted to the taxes that they bring in. Mm. And uh, the, the the other thing that you've got to remember is how many of our politicians have spent time in Macau? How many of our top politicians <laughs> yeah. have spent time in other casinos operated by these same companies? And what happens when our politicians go to one of their casinos? They're escorted straight into a VIP room and given the royal treatment immediately mm-hmm. because... These guys are looking for power and influence. There's no mm. wonder they have power and influence. There's no wonder they are controlling what they are controlling. <clears throat> and uh, this is this this is where our our governments just end up in bed with the wrong people. And it ends up really badly. Mm. Okay. Oh, this one's on gambling as well. Gambling in casinos and organised crime. Is it really a surprise? They have many politicians. Oh, exactly what we were saying. <laughs> they have many politicians and police in their pockets and are controlled by the New World Order boys. Mm who are controlled by the papacy. Small world, isn't it? That is the world we live in. It must be amazingly frustrating for the good politicians and police officers. Mm. You can't fight money, the root of all evil. Too many people uh, love it and will sell their souls for it. Why do you think the rich get richer? Is it never enough? They will soon find out they can't take it to heaven, but it will buy them a ticket to hell. Mm. I'm holding back this morning. There is nothing wrong with being rich. But God will require an account of what you did with it. Mm. And, you know, this is, that that last section in particular is so true right there. When you look at, you know, and, and the news reports on this describing rivers of gold. Mm. What do you do with that kind of money? If mm. you're that, what, what, what are you actually going to spend it on? Mm. Uh, then we've got one here on Windows to the Soul. It's a fairly long one as well. We've got a couple of um, text messages here. Windows is the soul. We seem to take them for granted until we lose one or more. I'm blessed to live one street from a 300-acre wetland. Mm. Uh, wetlands, otherwise also known as swamps. swamps. Yeah. <laughs> 300-acre swamp. No, it's a wetland. Where every so often I can see pods of kangaroos. There are creeks and ponds during the rains. It becomes a huge lake and our property... Uh, value skyrocket and you suddenly had uh, water, waterfront property uh, for the duration. But I praise God to look at nature. I can hear and see the birds singing. Changes in nature are constant. The point is I couldn't appreciate them unless God gave me and all of us the six senses. Windows to the soul. Let's not take them for granted. Mm. And then finally we've got this one. Bruce says, in regards to awe, we see so little respect and humility nowadays, and this makes sense because without belief in creation, you lack that awe, which is defined as a feeling of reverential respect. Mm. I think that's a really good point right there. You are never going to be in the same kind of awe if you look at something like, oh, that happened by natural processes, compared to looking at it and saying, God made that. Mm. That's incredible. Look mm. at the way he designed it. Look at mm. the intricacy. Look at the, the look at the artistry. Mm. Look at the you know, and you can really appreciate God mm. when you understand that He is the Creator of all things that we get to see. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Bible says, 
I, I just have a quick question on that because what do you think, right? Like we live in a world mm-hmm. that's been under the curse of sin a couple times mm-hmm. and I I think of, right, like I go to Hickson Street Lookout here in Newcastle. We are so blessed with incredible scenery here in Newcastle and amazing, like, well, even personally, I live 100 metres from the lake. Yes. I used to live right on the lake. Now I live 100 metres from the lake. I'm always close to the lake. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's awesome. But you go up to Hickson Street Lookout and you look out over and you see all of the Glen Rock Lagoon and all of the little hills there and you're really high up and you can see the ocean. It's super pretty. It's blues. It's greens. It's yellows. It's like every beautiful, amazing colour, like the teal. Of it's brown. Sometimes. When it floods. When it, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and all the brown water washes out into that, it. That's right. Like, it's super beautiful. But then couldn't you say, like, oh, but this is, like, under the curse of sin and, you know, oh, the, these mountains have come, like, naturally or through erosion or, like, this beach. You know, what, what do you, like, what do you do with that? Like, what do you, what do you think? It's like, oh, did, did God design this? or is Absolutely this- designed it. He created a world that had the capability mm. to create beaches. Yeah. And create headlands and cliffs and just amazing places. I, yeah, I, and even though, even though you know, if you go to say the Jamison Valley in uh, Western Sydney, you know, um, Katoomba and so forth, mm. beautiful valley, just awe-inspiring valley, created by the flood, mm. created by God. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying because I think then you can reflect and say, oh, but who gave? You know, why does this cliff have the ability to erode into what it is? Or the waves have the ability to make this beach what it is? Or this beautiful skyline of trees and mountains? Like, how is it that that could exist? And it's like, oh, well, God put those those processes in place. And it's, look at what's come out. And God builds things that are incredibly complex. Mm. Because none of them are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, no cliff face is the same. No wave is the same. Mm. No beach is the same. The beach changes from one day to the next. Mm-hmm. No flower is the same. No snowflake is the same. Mm. They're all different. Whereas when I look out my window right now and I see a brick wall, now I can see a lot of trees as well because we actually got a really nice view from the studio, but I can mm-hmm. see a brick wall and every brick in the wall is exactly the same. Yeah, that's right. That's what humans do. Humans make that sameness. <laughs> God makes not sameness. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why it's so much more relaxing to uh, to humanity and to the eye is because you're not just looking at the same thing. Mm. You're looking at something wholly unique. Yes. And that's powerful. That's that awesome. All right, Bible study. Philippians. Let's go. Chapter oh. four. Oh, okay. Let's just, just go on a, the banger city right now. That's good. Yes. Philippians chapter four, which verse? Uh, we're going to start reading in verse four. But before we do, the Russian writer... Uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. Yes, he was sentenced to death. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Why? At the last minute, he was his sentence was commuted. He spent years in prison. He later wrote this: "Believe to the end, even if all men go astray, and you are left the only one faithful. Bring your offering, even then, and praise God in your loneliness." Mm. So this is a guy that is locked up in a Russian prison. Wow. I mean, this is not a fun place to be in prison. Mm. There are bad, worse places and better places to be in prison. None of them are good places. But I think Russia would be about the bottom of my list of places where I would, like, want to be never, in prison. I would never long, want to be in prison, but mm-hmm. it would be on the bottom of my list. Yeah. You know, if I got done for tax fraud and ended up in an Australian prison where I can eat hot meals all the time and, you know, chill out, that that's one thing. 
But yeah, to be in a Russian prison, I don't know. I I don't think so. But this guy was able to maintain his faith right through that experience Mm. and to bring an offering of praise to God, even in his loneliness, every day. Um, So, yeah, when Paul writes Philippians, he's sitting in a Roman prison. Mm. And I tend to think that that would be pretty low on my list of Prisons to be in as well. <laughs> now, some of the time, you know, Paul was in a few different kinds of prisons. Sometimes he was under house arrest and so forth. But uh, there's some pretty pretty horrific mm. experiences that Paul went through. Mm. All right, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. The Bible says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see you that Sorry. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Okay, so let's have a bit of a think about what we've got here. We often read this passage like that's a really nice passage, you know. It mm. talks about it talks about God and it talks about being in peace with, you know, being at peace and and leaving all of our cares in God's hands. And we sort of, you know, in our mind's eye, we sit, we see Paul, you know, sitting down, relaxing somewhere, and writing this letter. We don't actually stop to think that when he's writing this, he's in prison. Yeah. How much? How much difference? How much? How much? How much of a difference does it make in our understanding of the passage and the impact of the passage, knowing that Paul was in prison? Do you find that you often preach things that you need to hear? Yes. Like all the time. Like yes. almost all of my sermons are a reflection of things that I'm personally going through. This is something we should not tell people. Uh-huh. <laughs> just just saying. Why? why? Like I'd, I'd love people to know that. Because now people can listen to our sermons like, oh, Lyle's dealing with that. <laughs> but what's wrong with that? No, because we're seeing it reflected in Paul himself right here. Yes. He himself is writing, he's reflecting on the experience that he is having. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. And he's saying, be careful, don't be stressed about anything. Mm-hmm. Take everything to God in prayer. Like, like this seems like a letter that is addressed to everyone throughout all time. Yes. Yeah, it's also so personal to Paul because this is what is he's experiencing himself. But what he is experiencing... Being imprisoned for the gospel is an experience that many would share, but even in a broader sense, not just being imprisoned for the gospel, but experiencing persecution for God's sake. He knows that he is experiencing it, and just as much as he is experiencing it, others will experience it also. And he's, and, and I think it just it gets even better as we read throughout the passage. He gets even more like direct in his point about how it is that people should relate to their struggles and trials, particularly once you get down, you know, 10 to 13. But right now he's talking about rejoicing because that is exactly what he needs to do. Rejoice in the Lord. Like that's the only thing that's going to enable him to get through his struggle. That's the only thing that's going to pull him through. And so he's putting pen to paper and he's telling others to do it because he's like, hey, this is what I know I need. And therefore, like, I know that you guys need it too. If I'm going through this, you're going to go through it. How do you think he could have written it when he was sitting in prison? You know, well, he knows what he needs to do, but how do, you, how, how do you think he could actually sit down and write this? Like, 
I mean, let's, let's just draw it into our own experience. There are times when, you know, we need to, uh, you know, we, we know what we need to do, uh-huh. but we don't want to. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what do you do in that situation when you know what you need to do and you don't want to? I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, take, for instance, somebody who is suffering from depression and, mm-hmm. you know, you might be suffering from depression this morning as a listener. I don't know. Mm. But you take somebody who's suffering from depression and you say, okay, these are the things that will be unbelievably powerful in helping you to break free from your depression. Mm. Open your windows, open your curtains, get out of bed, go for a walk in nature, in the weather, regardless of what the Mm. weather is. Surround yourselves with the created things of God. Mm. Spend time with people who love you. Spend time with people who love you. and yet every fibre of their being is saying, close the curtains, put on dark clothes, play dark music. Uh, stay inside. Stay inside. Mm. Keep sleeping. Own cats. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about them is, you know, listen to depressing music. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So a person who is depressed is in a vicious cycle mm where they are drawing more and more and more and more and more things in that will make them worse. Mm. Paul is in prison, which is a pretty depressing place, and yet how does he write this? How does he actually break free from that cycle? Because you can imagine that would be, I mean, he's a human being. Mm. And if you're a human being and you're in prison and and, and you're surrounded by four dark walls, Mm and you don't have sunshine and you don't get to walk in nature and you don't get to do all of the things that will you know, listen to music and so forth that will enable you to break free from that depression, how does Paul sit down and write this? Well, he says it and he repeats himself. He says, rejoice in the Lord. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have some Interesting text messages. Mm. We're going to keep one of them for question of the day. We're going to read the other one. Uh, By the way, just want to mention we are a little short on question of the day at the moment. The the backlog is getting small, Mm. so please send us through your questions. We would love to have them and feature them here for question of the day. All right, what have you got for us, Lawson? How many verses are in 2 John? 0491. 064-669. Zero six four six six nine. I have no idea. You don't know. I do not know. I know, but that's because the answer is in front of me. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our incredible KJV leather Bible. Very expensive. We'll give it to you for free. You just have to win the draw, and to be in the draw, you have to answer the questions correctly. And the more questions you answer, the more chance you have of winning. So again, that question was, how many verses are in Second John? Zero four nine one zero six four. Six, six, nine. Okay, so we did have a text message from Raphael that came through to mention that he lives near a wetlands mm-hmm. and it's a great place for wildlife and he talks about all of the beauties of that particular wetlands. We mm. called it a swamp. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but Sky says this, talking of their street being near the wetlands, mm-hmm. I also like the term mosquito campground. The mosquito campground. So, Raphael, you got to let us know, do you have lots of mosquitoes as a result of nearing, living near a wetland? Dude, speaking of swamps and mosquitoes. Yes. Newcastle Not Uni. Not swamps. 
Wetlands. Yes, wetlands. Swamps. Wetlands. And mosquitoes. Newcastle Uni is just built on a swamp. And it is. It's hilly. It's it's a hilly swamp. How, how do you, how do you have no, a hilly trust swamp? me, La? You got to go hang out there. Like at the bottom, there's, there's a swamp at at the back of it. At the bottom of the hills is swamp, and at the back, swamp. So there's there's a it's wetland. There's a bunch of swamp. That's wetland, and it is it is notoriously like terrible for mosquito attacks. Like I've literally had the situation. If you're not parked in the main car park, like you've also got lots of trees and lots of shrubbery, which mosquitoes also love. I remember one time I was at work uh, with my coworker. We were getting in the car. We've opened the doors. Like we're getting attacked by mosquitoes. So we're like running to the car. We've opened the doors to get in the car, like close the doors. And then there's like, I think I remember like being like, 10, 15 mosquitoes, and we're just, like, clapping and, like, hitting the car, trying to, like, kill them all. Splatter them all. Before we leave, because they're just attacking us. Like, it is terrible. So have they made it their university mascot? No. They probably should. No, the the mascot of the Newcastle University is, like, a horse with an anchor. That's boring. Yeah. Mosquito would be way more interesting. Yeah. It makes sense for the, the city campus, even though that was built later, because, like, the city campus is on the water there. It's, like, really cool. Nice place to go ride a horse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the Callahan campus, it is Swamp City. Anyways, we're going to get back into our... Into our Bible study. And mm-hmm. we were talking about Paul. Uh, we were talking about Paul writing this uh, passage here in... Uh, where was it? In Philippians chapter 4 mm. and talking about the fact that he was in prison when he wrote this. Mm. Not only was he in prison when he wrote this, I was just thinking, he was in prison when he met the Philippians. Right? Yes. And, yes. and I read a verse like this and it's like rejoice. And I think about, okay, in, in the time in which Paul encountered and met the Philippians, what was he doing? Rejoicing in prison. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you are in bad circumstances and you are either in danger of falling in depression or you are depressed, how do you take the steps to do mm. the things? How do you take those first steps to do the things that will relieve you of that depression? Mm. Well, I think it just starts with reaching out. Uh, reaching out, firstly and foremost, like I believe to God. Yes. And then secondarily, like, to other people or means or things in which will enable you to be better. Now, that is the most difficult thing to do, but that is the... the but once you do it, it starts a cycle, doesn't that's it? That's right. It's it's the first hurdle. Yes. And once you get over it, once you get over that hurdle, I think everything just snowballs in, in, a, in the most positive so way. Is, so this is interesting. This is interesting. You can snowball either direction. Mm-hmm. So you start to slide into depression. What you're going to do is you're going to... Um, you're going to attract things that are going to make you're going to attract things to yourself to make you make you more depressed. So you start to slide into depression. You start listening to depressive music that makes you more depressed, mm. and so you start to close the curtains that makes you more depressed. You start to stay inside that makes you more depressed. You start wearing black clothing that makes you more depressed, and the list goes on and on and on and mm. on and on and on, and you spiral down. Whereas, Lawson, what you're saying is that, and, and you've been depressed before, so you can mm-hmm. sort of speak from some experience here. <laughs> yeah. When you take the step the other direction, it's like, oh, well, that feels good. Mm-hmm. And so then you add something to that. Mm-hmm. 
and add something to that and add something to that and add something to that. Yeah. And I think one of the real keys that we're seeing come through here in this passage, sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. I just agree. I, I disagree. And I think what's so interesting, actually, in, in verse 7, uh, verse 6, actually, just reflecting on the passage as well, where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Like, this is reaching out. Like, this is that first step. He's saying, okay, everyone rejoice in the Lord, like, so that you can get through your hard trials. And, like, how is it that you do that? Well, you start with reaching out, mm-hmm. reaching out to God. I cannot tell you how many times, because we can, we can be like seriously depressed and, and go through those kind of things. Also, I just like wake up in the morning, I'm laying in bed and this, you know, sometimes I'm just tired and I'm burnt out and I'm thinking about everything that I have to do in the day and I'm nervous and I'm worried because I'm like, oh, I've got, I've got a lot on and I sit in bed and before I can even open the covers, this is most days. I'm like, God, please be with me. God, please help me. Like, you can see that right now, I I don't even want to get out of bed. Like, I can't even roll out of bed because I'm overwhelmed by what it is that I need to do and achieve. So, God, please be with me. And that's the first step. And it's like, it almost feels like my hand moves by itself and flicks the covers off and, you know, I get smashed with that you're cool, doing... cool breeze of air of not having the blankets. I'm like, oh, and then, and then you, start, like... you start, like... start rolling out. But it really starts with, and, and again, I'm not speaking necessarily from a position where I'm incredibly depressed, but just in general, overwhelmed by trials or circumstances that I'm going through. Just like Paul would have been definitely not to the extent of being in prison, but feeling as though like wow i am in such desperate need god is the only one who can help me this is what paul is understanding or this is what paul understands and is trying to share with those who are reading what he's writing yes absolutely and then this is the this is the key right here and if you and if you are depressed this morning and you know things that will make you less depressed mm then it all comes with taking that first step because that yep. first step will make you feel better and that will then inspire you to to do more to do more mm. and take other step, steps mm. somebody just texting through here this drives home your mantra talk faith live faith act faith amen so start with that mm. and it will make a massive difference on your life start reversing all of the things in your life that have been making you depressed and it snowballs like i said like Oh, we're running out of time. Honestly, okay, I was actually having a conversation with someone about this last night. Right now, I'm in a really good place with my health. I've been doing really well with my health, eating right, you know, getting adequate exercise. I feel good. I feel like I look good, like all this stuff. Like I'm really, really happy. It's taken me about six years to get to this place from sure. from being previously an athlete then going through a serious episode of depression and, and anxiety and, and struggle with all the fall fall out through that but it's literally been six years of things snowballing to the place now where i can actually look after my health and i am so grateful to god well that's the thing god has been absolutely central to that whole process that's right yes praise god all right we're gonna listen to karen jagger right now with b you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different We've had uh, a couple of text messages come through here. Raphael says, I have lived here three years, amazingly enough. Mosquitoes is not a problem. He's the guy wow. living by the, by, by the 
Uh, Dude, you kind of got the best of both worlds. Then. Yeah, by the by the, the not going to say this one. The wetland. The wetland. The wetland. Yeah, <laughs> the land that is wet. All right, let's have some answers for our quiz. They've got more text messages, and we've got our question of the day. That's right. Who did the writer John introduce himself as in the letter? He introduced, introduced himself as an elder. He wrote Second John to the chosen lady and her children. Uh, next, what was, you know, what do deceivers and antichrists not acknowledge? That Jesus Christ came in the flesh. The next one. Oh, okay. This was the epic verse. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. See, I told you. Epic. God speed. Epic. Oh, welcome them in the NIV, but God's speed. And finally, how many verses are in Second John? There are 13 verses. Very, very short book of the Bible. That was all the answers. Did you have some text messages to read, or are we just going to jump straight into it? Let's jump in. Well, right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, our question of the day today is, you spoke of the window into into the soul. Isn't that saying all about believing in having an immortal soul? No. Uh-huh. Because if the Bible says, well, let's, let's, let's look at what the Bible says on this particular subject. So we'll go back to Genesis chapter 2 where the soul is defined. So Genesis 2 and we'll go down to about, what is it, verse 7 there, I believe. God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay, so this is what the Bible says about the soul. The soul is a person. Mm. And uh, it is a mixture of the body plus the breath of life. So those two things together create a soul. This is why the Bible says that eight souls were saved in the ark. It wasn't saved saying that, that there were eight ghosts that were saved in mm. the ark. It was saved that saying that eight people were saved in the ark. Okay, so here's a question then. Um, as a person, do you have a personality? Is your personality a part of you? Yes. Yes, you have a personality. That personality is a part of you. Therefore, it is a part of your soul. Mm. And you'll find this language used throughout the Bible. So there's a bunch of different places. Uh, one that immediately comes to mind is, say, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. We were in Philippians 4. Mm where Paul says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So what is it that knows it very well? Well, in this case, it's his mind. Mm. And the soul is your body. The soul is your mind. The soul is your personality. The soul includes all of these things. What happens when you die? The mind dies, the personality dies, the body dies, all of it dies together. So to say that the that the eyes are the windows to the soul is not to say that the soul is immortal. It says that the eyes are a window into who you are. And so, you know, the popular saying is, you know, eyes are window to the soul, hands are windows to the intent. And so when you look into a person's eyes, you can often get a sense of the kind of person that you are hanging out with. No, not always, because a lot of people know how to hide that very well. Uh, but, you know, you can you can also tell, is a person tired? I look into Lawson's eyes this morning. It's like, get yeah, lost. didn't get a lot of sleep get last lost. night. Wow. That's what his <laughs> eyes tell me when I look into his eyes. Um, I didn't. <laughs> and so, no, there's not an assumption here that the soul is immortal. There is not an assumption that the mind is immortal. There is not an assumption that the personality is immortal. 
but the soul refers to all aspects of the human being, mm. not just the body. And that's and that's the point here. And so, you know, and that's why Jesus talks, you know, that the eye is the is is the light. It's the light to the to the body. It's a light to the soul. It's it's where we receive light. It's where we 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 can receive so much encouragement just by the things we look at. And you know, the the interview this morning was a tremendous revelation to me of the power that there is simply in looking at the things that God has created mm. and surrounding us with those things and going to places where we purposely do that. Mm. Uh, so I think this is something that we can really learn from. And I think it's a great question. So praise God. And of course, remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.